good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Principle of first and how we're to make God first in every area of our lives. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Who are we going to seek first? God, his kingdom. Seek him. Amen? Multiplication principle was week two. It's only what's been given that God will take and he'll bless and he'll multiply. So we've got to be given some things. We've got to give of your time, giving of your talent, giving of your treasure. Now, treasure is usually the hardest one to give. But that's what, what he's asked us in his word. And when we do, though, it's not really giving it to lose it. We're giving it so that God can take it and multiply it for his kingdom. Last Sunday, we talked about the four laws of the harvest. It's just simple. It's very, very basic. But the Bible says and lets us know that you're going to reap a harvest. So sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. So bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. Here's a few points I gave you last Sunday. You're going to reap what you sow. What are you sowing? Are you sowing ugliness and nastiness and negativity and, and grouchiness into the kingdom and into people? If you sow that, you're going to get that back. Amen? You're going to get back what you sow. You sow kindness and love and compassion. Guess what? It's coming back to you. The same measure that you measure it out. That's the measure, the Bible says, that's coming back to you. So you're going to reap what you sow. You're, going to, you're always going to reap after you sow. You don't get to reap if you haven't sown. Well, I don't know why God's not doing this. Well, have you been sowing? You reap after you sow. You always reap more than you sow. It comes back in great, great ways. And then you always reap in proportion to what you sow. That was just the high level of what we got into on week three of Open Heaven. And I'm, I'm telling you, God has been doing some things in people's lives. Amen? A few weeks ago, uh, Sister Ann let us know We've been praying this open heaven prayer before I get into the message that we're going to pray it again. But just a couple of the testimonies here this morning. Sister Ann let us know that she started praying the open heaven prayer. And all of a sudden, one of the lines in there, you know, checks in the mail, um, surprises. She got a surprise check from C, is it CRA? From CRA. For not $7, not $70, not $700. But $7,000 plus just showed up in her mailbox. Actually, it showed up in the account. And then you found out what, the, what it was. Thank God for technology. That's open heaven. Jeremy texted me a couple times this week. He said he went to an appointment and uh, should have been charged $75. Wasn't charged. Open heaven. He said, open heaven. Then he got a check, a surprise check in the mail on th- Friday, Thursday, Friday. Almost $500 just kind of showed up. That's what God does when we're living under an open heaven. Amen? 
Jake, come here real quick. I told Jake I was going to have him. Can I use either one of these? One of these. J Jake had an experience with receiving some unexpected funds. T tell us real quick what happened. Good morning, everybody. Number three. How many here believes we serve a good God? Amen. I'm not convinced, but that's okay. God has been good to me, like the pastor said. What you sow in the ground, you also pull out of the ground. That comes with a bit of responsibility on our parts. We have to dig in the soil. We have to plant in the soil. We have to protect what we've planted. And after that, we have to wait. It's the hardest part, right? Um, what happened in, in our lives has been uh, just a God experience. When we left Virginia, God pulled us out. He shut doors, and he opened new doors. And with those doors shutting, um, I changed my number. I left my job. We came here. Okay, So that's the background so that you'll understand the rest of the story. Has anybody got a phone call from a creditor? Does anybody like phone calls from creditors? Anybody got a phone call from your bank? Because they really don't care about you unless they want money, right? <laughs> All right, so I got one of those kinds of phone calls while I was at work. It was uh, disconcerting to say the least. I didn't like the feeling I felt when I answered the phone when they said who they were, okay? So I answered the phone. They said, hey, we've been trying to get a hold of you. I said, oh my goodness. What do you need? What do you want from me? They said, well, uh, we, we haven't been able to find your number anywhere. And I don't know how they got my number because I changed it. But they found it. And they said, hey, um, we have your auto loan. We possess that debt for you. And uh, we've charged you $1,500 two years ago. And also, on top of that $1,500, we have incrementally every month charged you X amount of dollars for that debt because we didn't know if you had insurance or not on that vehicle because you changed it when you left. I said, all right. They said, well, can you prove that you got insurance? I said, yes, sir, I can prove I got insurance. And I gave them the proof. And they said, okay, we're going to have a third party evaluate it. When it was evaluated, came back, I checked the account and, uh, Every cent that was owed to me out of that debt that was taken and a little bit more was returned back. So under the open heaven prayer, it would be under returns, rebates, and returns. Okay? <laughs> so I got back negative debt, which would be positive income, towards that loan of the effect of something close to $3,049. Praise and God. that was an answer to prayer. And it's not all just money, guys. You guys know that, right? It's not all just money. There's been other things, too. Like, you know, we walk, drive through the Tim Hortons drive-thru, and there's three cars. It's just like normal. There's always three cars. There better be three cars, or that place could shut down. Okay? <laughs> they said, well, you've been waiting too long. Here's your coffee for free. Just little baby things like that. And then we go to the, we went to the landfill the other day. <laughs> and here we are minding our own business. We were talking about some irrigation stuff that we wanted to do at the house. And we talked about this. We said, well, we'd like to be able to water the flowers with rainwater. Because, you know, we got water bills here in Canada. Apparently, I've never heard of that. But, right, so 
So uh, we said, we're going to get one of these things, these little buckets or the little cisterns hang off the side of the house and put the downpipe to it. We arrive at the dump, and uh, as we had just spoken about it literally two minutes prior, a guy's offloading one that was pretty new. He said, I just didn't need it. Fully intact, there it is. I said, well, can I have it? You're throwing it away. He said, yeah, here you go. So just little things like that. I know it doesn't sound like much, but that's the foundation. That's the God I serve. And you know what? He's going to do it for you, but we have to plant. Hallelujah. We have to dig. We have to plant. We have to protect. Wait on it, and there it comes. Amen. Okay? So that's, uh, that's, that's basically our testimony, and the testimony's not over until the Lord Jesus comes. That's right. Absolutely Amen. not over. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jake. That's just a couple of things that I've heard of in the last you know, week, what God's been doing. Um, of course, we've, had, we've experienced our own share, and I've already told you those. Uh, God's doing great things. So before I get into the Word of God today, let's one more time as we conclude this series, let's, let's pray this open heaven prayer. Let's everybody stand. Of course, we're, we're reading words, but I don't want them just to be words that we're reading. I want this to be coming from your heart. Amen? Everybody's going to pray this. Amen? Let's pray it together. On the authority of the Word of God and through the power of the name of Jesus, since I have given, your Word says, it should be given unto me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither and I am a giver. I bring my tithes and offerings into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. Curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You will pour out your blessings upon me that there will not room enough to receive it. I will receive jobs and promotions, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts dismissed, buildings and property. I pray for an open heaven over my family. My greatest desire is that my whole family will be saved and walking with God in perfect health, abundance, and walking in His divine favor and blessing. I pray that they will dedicate their lives completely to God and to the work of His kingdom. I pray for an open heaven over Life Church and over every out your anointing upon everything we do for your kingdom and keep us unified for the cause of revival in Burlington and its surrounding cities. Your word tells me that I am blessed going in, I am blessed going out, and everything I do will prosper. I pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. And it is so. Let's thank him one more time for the open heaven. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for the open heaven, God. I thank you for the open heaven over my life, God. 
over my family, over Life Church, God, over every ministry at Life Church, God, over my finances, over my health, God. I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you for what you're doing, Jesus. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can go ahead and be seated. I'm not going to read a text per se. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, but I'm not going to start off with a text. But I want to get a, a, a little survey here. How many here would like to, to say, or how many would say that, that God has blessed you? How many would say that? We are blessed. How, how many also would raise your hand and say, Pastor Steve, I, I, I would like to still be more blessed I think all of us would agree that we'd want to be more blessed. We're blessed, but we, we want more of the blessings of God in our lives. We want more of his presence. We want more of his power. We want more of his anointing. We want more of his supernatural miracles. Amen? Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. The Bible tells us here, you want to be more blessed? They all said we want to be more blessed. This is the, the way to be more blessed. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. How many still want to be more blessed? We, most of us think of being blessed as getting more, receiving more, being on the receiving side but in God's word, according to what God has to tell us, to be more blessed, he says it is more blessed, or blessed is how we sometimes say it. It's more blessed to give than to receive. My wife's letting me know. Don't forget to tell them. You can look at these notes in your YouVersion app. Who's using version? Okay, version. bottom right corner, click on events. You will find, it'll show up Life Church. And then when you find Life Church, click on it, save it, and it will be there for you um, as notes. Today's key thought, in your notes today, today's key thought, the key to an open heaven is having a heart of generosity. Everybody say Generosity. When we're more generous, we will be more blessed. When we're more into the giving side of life as opposed to the receiving side of life, then we will be more blessed. Proverbs 11, this is an interesting verse. Proverbs 11 and 24 says, One person gives freely. You think if you were giving, you would have less, right? That, that's, that's the natural way of thinking. If I, if I have, I happened to go to the, the store the other day at Costco, and I had a coupon, not a coupon, I had a rebate, not a rebate. I had a, one of those, what do they call those things, when you, when you get money back from Costco? Well, it's a voucher. And, and I had it, and so money, I bought my stuff, and they gave me money back, which was really kind of nice. Uh, I didn't pay them anything, and I got money in my wallet. So I, I normally don't have a lot of money, but if I've got money here, and, and if I, I've got a couple of 50s, I've got a 20 and a 10 in my wallet, if I, if I take one of these out, 
and I give it. It is is it seems like I've lost, right? But the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Proverbs says, one person gives freely. Notice the next few words. Yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. They have it to give. They see needs all around them. But this is all mine. I worked hard for this. I paid by sweat and tears for this. It's mine and nobody else's. They withhold unduly. Well, it's all mine. It's, it's, it's mine, right? What's the Bible say is going to happen to that person? If they're always in the withholding and they're, nev- they're never the giver, they're always the withholder. Does it, this is not how it, we think it should work, but according to God's economy and God logic, the Bible says that person comes to poverty. So one that gives gains more. The one that withholds loses, in fact. Verse 25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So the key to an open heaven is always having a heart of generosity. That's the key to an open heaven. I want to have a generous heart. I want to be someone that's willing to give. There's needs that come my way. I want to be the person that meets those needs. I don't want it to be that I'm I'm always the withholder in chief. The keeper of the bank account. the, The keeper of the pocketbook. I want to be the one that's quick to give. Because these are words... From the word of God. You give. What's it say? You're going to gain more. You withhold. You've got it to give. You could give it. But you're going to withhold it. You're going to keep it for yourself. The Bible says that person's going to end up losing in the long run. Last week we talked a lot about 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's a great chapter on giving. We hit many of the verses around the sowing and reaping principles, the the law of the harvest. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. We're we're taught to give cheerfully. Everybody say cheerfully. Cheerfully. There's some some, um, scholars that say that word in the the original language for cheerfully is with like hilarity. They're hilarious givers. So the Bible lets us know if we do those things. We didn't get down to this verse last week, but let's, let's look at 2 Corinthians 9 and 11. The Bible, after we do all the sowing and bountifully and we're doing it with a cheerful heart and we're doing it for the right reasons, the Bible says, you will be enriched in 
every way. Stop right there. What does the word enriched mean? Added value to. You, you will have value added to you. You will be, in other translations, made rich in every way. If you sow bountifully, if you give with a cheerful heart. And we talked last week, giving is not all about finances. Now, it will include finances, but we all have talents and abilities. In fact, last week, many of you gave lots of time to Life Church. Some of you spent way more hours here than you spent at your home or at your workplace working on this building. Now, you might not see a lot of changes in this room because this room looked pretty good before we started. But upstairs, there was a lot of changes that went down. People worked in the kitchen. They worked in the bathrooms. They worked on the upper level. They gave a lot of time. Saturday, we were done. I thought we were done. I left about 3 in the afternoon. John, Pastor Jonathan was still here. And I knew that his wife had kind of given him instructions about don't stay at the church all day again. This was day 6 for him, okay? From morning, afternoon, and into the night. So he, he finally gets to his house at whatever time in the evening again. And uh, he texts me and whatever. And, and I, I let him know via text, you know what? Rewards for that kind of giving, I, I can't pay you for. But there's a God in heaven. When you give to the kingdom of God, there's going to be a reaping in this life and in the next life for all that time that's been sown into the kingdom of God. But the Bible says here in, in, in 2 Corinthians, you will be enriched in every way. It's not just finances. Don't limit God's blessings to something that's going to come into your bank account or enter your wallet. That's not the only blessings that we're talking about. There's a lot of other blessings that God has for us. Yes, there's financial blessings. Yes, there's material blessings. And I've experienced both. But there's something to be said for having, you know, relationship blessings come your way. You know what I'm talking about? A relationship's not right. And, and magically, not magically, supernaturally, I should say. Where did the magic leaks come from? We're not talking about magic here. We're talking about the Word of God. It's supernaturally. God shows up and does something in a relationship. You have a marriage that is strong and healthy and it goes the distance. That's what I'm talking about. You have friendships that are long, lifelong friendships. That they go on for years and years and they're real. They're genuine. I thank God for some great friendships that I've had. That's some of the blessings of God that come when you're a giver. There's, there's the health aspect where God shows up and he touches your body physically. These are the blessings. It's not just financial, but it is financial. God has blessings. You will be enriched in every way. Someone say every way. So, after you're enriched in every way, so that you can always be generous. I want to be enriched. I don't know about you guys, but I got a lot out of this sermon series. And I'm going to be a, a, a pastor. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a, a husband of a wife that we're going to live under an open heaven. We're going to be a giving family. And when we do that, God is going to bless my home. God is going to bless my family. God's going to bless my kids and my grandkids that are going to come in Jesus' name. It's a ways off, but... Um, <laughs> 
So this verse goes on to say, and when we take your gifts, talking to the Corinthian church, to those in need, talking about the Macedonian church, the generosity that you've been doing, the giving that you've given, it's going to result in them giving thanks. They will thank God. I want to be so generous that people give praise to God because of my generosity. I want to be someone that's quick to, 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 to worship God and to give God all I've got. And, and when you're giving it to him, people around you start to worship God and give glory to God. That's what I'm talking about. So if we know it's important to be um, worshiping and we know it's important to give to be more blessed, why is it that many people in churches are not more generous? I've got some answers for you. You don't have to try and figure this out. I'm going to help you out today. I believe that people are looking at life through the wrong set of lenses. They've got the wrong mindset. They've got the wrong thinking. And I'm today hopefully going to help us with our thinking today. Everybody point right here. Say, God, help my thinking. Say, God, help me to become generous. In Jesus' name. Three mindsets. This is not originally with me, but when I found it, I thought, this is going to Life Church. This is good stuff. The first one is the bag mentality or the bag mindset. It's the mindset that basically says there's not enough. It's the, it's the mindset that says, I'd love to give, but I really, I, I can't give. Because I don't have enough to give. I can't be generous, Pastor, because I don't have enough to give. That's the bag mindset. Haggai chapter 1 is going to help us understand this one. Verse 6. It says, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a, what are they going to put it in? A bag with holes. How many have ever felt like you were living like that. I, I, I've been there, church. You, you ever been there? Felt like everything you get, it's just, it, it's not enough. You, you, you earn an income, you put it in the bank, you put it in the drawer, you put it in the sock and hide it under the bed. Whatever you do with it, you, you, you try to make it last, and you get to the end of the month, and there's just not enough. The Bible says this, this person, they, they earn wages. Yes, they do. And they put their wages in a bag with holes. You know, you, you think, okay, I got, I got all this money. I, I'm, I'm going to be good this month. And what happens? Transmission goes on the car. You have a good month to start to get ahead a little bit. And what happens? The furnace goes at the house. You have to go to the dentist and have dental work. All, you know there's a lot of stuff that I could say happens. The money goes sometimes. Furnace breaks. Need new tires for the car. You want to be generous, but there's not enough. 
You, you want to be a giver, but you can't. Because everything's going into a bag with holes. I, I call this, of course, it's the bagman mindset. But, but I, I, it's, a, it's a scarcity mindset as well. I've seen people in, in churches and I've seen people in my life that they've got a scarcity mindset. God, they, they, they're singing about a God that's abundant. A God that can meet every need. But they're acting like God can't do squat. You know what I'm talking about? Because the way they live. They're, they're tight. They, they, they're just barely making ends meet from week to week. Now, if that's you today, I've been there. I'm not saying you're a bad person. Don't, you don't have to stay in that position. God wants us to be generous. God wants us to, to be givers. And when we become givers, when we get this principle, God will bring us to another mindset. I've been there. And you've been there. Many of us have been there. But I don't want to ever go back to that mentality again. The second mindset is the basket mindset. It's the people that have more than enough. It's the people who believe that God is not just a, a limited God, but he's an abundant God. And I believe today there's people in this church that you are serving and you believe that God is an abundant God and you can trust him, amen? How many can trust the God that you're serving with, with your life and your finances? We, we believe that if we give freely, that God's going to make it up. When I give to Life Church and I give to missions and I give to needs, I, I'm not giving thinking, okay, I'm, I'm worried now. No, because the Bible has given me some great promises in his word that when I give, it shall be given unto you. The same measure that I give out, God's going to measure it back to me. So I don't want to be a stingy giver. I want to be a generous giver. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy is a great chapter in the word of God. I call it the blessing chapter. You start reading down through that, it tells you all the ways you can be blessed if you do and follow after the principles of God's word. Deuteronomy 28 and 4 says, the fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herd, the lambs of your flocks, your, what's the next word? Basket. And your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in. And you will be blessed when you go out. This is the basket mindset. This is the mindset that God is more than enough. That I can give with a heart of freedom because I'm not constrained because I know that when I give to godly things, God is going to make up the difference in my life. God is going to come through. God is going to bless. God's going to provide. God's going to meet me at the point of my need. Luke chapter 6 and 38. This verse, we hit it last week. It says, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured to you again. Now, I want to talk about the, the, the pressed down, shaken together, 
and running over portion. You know what, back in the, the time of the writing of this, these verses and these words, they were an agricultural society. They, they, they farmed, they had wheat that they were growing. And there were two types of people that were in the fields, the wheat fields. There were the paid laborers. They were paid to be there. And they would, you know, do their job. And you know what? If you're a paid laborer, most paid laborers are going to do just what they have to do, right? Most, most. Now, not, not you guys. Hopefully, you guys go above and beyond. But, you know, you got those bushels, those big bushels of wheat, and you get the wheat in the bushels. You don't want to get it too, you want it full. You want the boss to make it look like you got a full, but you're not going to make it to overflowing because you got to carry that thing. You know, so, so that's the paid laborers. But then the Bible lets us know in the fields, there was the poor and the undeserved. They were invited into the fields after the paid workers were gone home. You know what they would do? They would have the same kind of a vessel to keep the wheat in. But they didn't want to have any air pockets. They didn't want to have any. So they would take it and they would shake it and make sure that it was every spot in the bucket was full. They would shake it, they would press it down, and they would fill it so full that when they got it on their heads, it was running over. I, I, I've been invited in the master's field. I've been invited to live under an open heaven. And I'm not going to act like a paid laborer. I'm going to act like someone who I don't deserve it. I might be poor, but I serve a God that's letting me come into his abundance. And I'm going to let the blessing be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's the kind of God we serve. We serve an abundant God. Baskets that are pressed down shaken make sure we got every spot taken so full that it's running over i think of the boy jesus was out teaching on the hillside it was after the day had gone on and they were looking for food this boy had his lunch that his mother or he had packed Five loaves and two fish. You guys know that Sunday school story? If he had had a bag mindset, what would he have done? He would have kept that lunch tight. If he had had a bag mindset, he would never have given that lunch up because he would have thought, no, it's mine. I've only got a little. Mom packed enough for me. I can't give that up because I need to eat. That's a bag mindset. But he didn't have a bag mindset. He had a basket mindset. He might not have known it was called a basket mindset, but what he was willing to do was to take the little that he had and say, God, I'm going to put it into your hands. Let's see what the master can do with my little put into his hands. Oh, I've seen him do a lot of amazing things. What, what can Jesus do if I just give him my five loaves and two fishes? Wow. He had a basket mindset. He, he was willing to give up his lunch. And after he did, 
What did Jesus do? He blessed it and began to break it, and it began to multiply, and it fed 5,000 men, plus all the women, and all. He got to eat that day as part of the lunch that he had brought. He got to eat a part of it, and when it was all said and done, when they collected all the leftovers, the Bible says there were 12 baskets full. Hallelujah. I'm praying today that God would get some of us out of the bag mindset and allow us to experience the basket mentality. That's what I'm praying. I'm praying that God would help us to be faithful over the little, to give a little when we have a little, because the Bible promises there's going to come a day when we're going to have more than enough. Some of you, you've already got the basket mentality. You know, you, you do what the Word of God says. You, you bring the tithe faithfully to the house of God. You give to missions on a monthly basis. You, you, you bring the faith promise commitment. Some of you, you're, you give monthly to the youth program. That, that's, that's given out of the more than enough at your bank account. My son, Luke, he's working upstairs this morning. He, he, he's getting ready to go on a trip, a, a missions trip to Ecuador. And many of you, Pastor Jonathan featured that in a message a few months ago. And, and many of you have given, you, you've given out of your abundance. You, you've got a basket mentality when you're giving like that. That's what a basket mentality is. I, I've got more than I need for my needs. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some away. And thank you. For having a basket mindset. The third mindset is what I, I hope that some of us can get to. It's the barn mindset. Everybody say barn. Man, this is where we know that God is infinitely more than enough. Deuteronomy 28 and 8 tells us, the Lord will send a blessing on your the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. If you're faithful with the bag when you got a little and you're faithful with the basket when you got more than enough. God has the ability to open up the windows of heaven and to give you the barn blessing. I want the blessing that's a blessing to overflowing, where I'm not worried about it, where I'm not thinking about it, where, you know, right now, you know, I've got, hopefully I think i got a basket mentality. I'm a giver. I've told you before, I'll tell you again, when I do my taxes, at the end of the year, I add up how much I've given to the church and the missions. It's about 17, 18% on an annual basis that I give. So I'm not a stingy guy, okay? I, I'm a giver. And God's been blessing. I don't, don't look at me and say, oh, I feel bad. No, don't feel bad. I'm excited. I want it to make that even more. Because I know as the more I give, the more blessings that are coming my way. But this barn mentality, it's, it's saying, God, you're so abundant. And your blessings are so overflowing that, God, I don't got to even think about it. I can give without abandon. Or I can give with abandon, I guess is the way to say it. I don't have to think about it. God, you're so good. I want to be faithful. 
in every year. You know, Joseph in the Old Testament, he, he was a faithful young man. He was faithful to his father. He, he, he treated his father with respect. He, he served his father. He was faithful in Potiphar's house. Even though it was under a, a, another regime in another country, he was faithful when he was lied upon and went to prison, the Bible says. And he was faithful when he got to the palace. Every area of his life, he was faithful. At every level he went to, he remained faithful. And do you know what happened to Joseph? He ended up with barns filled to overflowing. His barns were so plenteous that from his barns, he was able to feed the starving nation of Egypt and the surrounding countrysides because he was one that was faithful at every level of the journey. One of the, the men in the U.S., you might have been to the store called J.C. Penney. Whoever has it been to J.C. Penney's? J.C. Penney, as a young man, he, he started serving God. And he determined that he was going to give what the Bible asked him to give. He started on his income giving 10% to the, to the work of God, to the church. And God blessed him. He eventually raised the giving. He said, okay, I'm going to give 20% now. Because he, he was making some money. And as he gave 20, the, 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 the business kept going. He started tithing on all this income. Before he passed away, he was eventually giving 90% of his income away and living on the 10%. They say at his death, J.C. Penney's that year made over $18 billion, with a B, dollars. J.C. Penney had a barn mindset. I'm challenging someone here today. Yes, the word of God says we have to give 10%. But what would it be like if God could say, you know what, can I trust these people? Maybe we need to show God that he can trust us. And we can start get to the point where we're making so much, our needs are being met, we're being taken care of, we're being, we're fine. And God's flowing so much through us that we can start tithing 15% or 18% or 20% and, and sowing the extra into the kingdom of God, planning churches, planning daughter works, funding more missionaries, building buildings, Bible colleges around the world. When we start getting that kind of mindset, if God can trust us, he's going to flow funds through us. I said a week or two ago, if he can get it through us, He'll get it to you. Now, if it's going to stop with you, God's not that interested. But if God can get it through us, he will get it to you. So, question, how much can God bless us with? God really wants to know, can he trust us? Can he trust you? Can he trust me? Am I going to be the bag person? Or am I going to be the basket person? Or I'm going to believe God and trust God that I can be the barn person. Where I'm a, a generous giver. Because really God's looking for today for us to have a heart of generosity.
That's what he's looking for. A couple more verses in the word of God. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Everybody say very little. If he can trust you with little, he can trust you with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Can God trust you? Proverbs chapter 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. This is where it starts, folks. First fruits. That was week one. Firstborn, first fruits, the tithe. If we honor the Lord with our possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, verse 10 says, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I want my barns filled with plenty. Luke 12, parable here that Jesus spoke, verse 16. He spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Notice how many times the guy says I or my. What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store up my crops and my goods. They're mine. Now I've added those two words. That's what he was saying. It's mine. I've got a lot. I've been blessed. It's mine. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. You're good. Take it your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. This is a bag mentality. He thought that all the blessings of the one who provided it were his. He thought everything in the barn belonged to him. That's how we are many times in Canada and North America. We think that everything that flows through my account belongs to me. Well, kind of God's letting you manage it, but really it all belongs to him. He owns it all, the Bible says. I'm not saying don't use some of it for you. Yes. Make sure you get a vehicle. Make sure your bills are paid. Make sure you eat. Make sure there's clothes. I don't, don't, I'm not talking about it. I'm just talking about sometimes we have extra, like lots and lots of extra. And we think it's all for us. But what did God say to this guy? He said, verse 20, but God said to him, fool. That wasn't very nice, God. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose those things be? Which you, like, all that stuff you've got in those barns. Who's going to get it? And then the final verse, 21. This is where it comes to us. This is where the, the, the parable starts speaking our direction. So is he who lays up treasure for, what's that word? Himself. Just getting that bank account bigger, getting that tax savings account bigger, just growing it. It's all for me. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. 
You know, God wasn't angry with this guy because he was blessed. I don't believe that. Because God is the one who blesses. God wasn't angry because this guy had a lot of stuff in his barns. That's not the reason God was angry. God wasn't happy with this guy for this reason alone. Because he thought all the blessing was for him. It's my barns. It's my crops. It's my stuff. It's mine. He had a, and I want you to note this, he had a barn blessing with a bag mindset. He had a barn blessing, but he had a bag mindset. He had laid treasures up, the Bible says, for himself. And he wasn't rich towards God. I'm almost done here. God is a generous God. Say those words with me. God is a generous God. He, he is a giving God. We're, we're next Sunday, we're going to celebrate Easter. We're going to celebrate the resurrection. That's some of the giving. God is so, he's not just a generous giver. He's an extravagant giver. He gives with extravagance. It's in your notes. God is the ultimate extravagant giver. And he wants to make us more like him. He's so extravagant that the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, he did what? He gave his only begotten son. That's the extravagance. He, he saw a people that needed a savior. He saw individuals. He saw you. He saw me that was going to be dead in their sins. But he decided, I'm not going to leave them in that state. I'm not going to leave them so that they have no savior. But the Bible says he robed himself in flesh and he came down and dwelt among us. He went to a cross and he gave his life a ransom for many. He redeemed us from our sins. He prepared a heaven for us. He's an extravagant giver. And what he's wanting for us, from us in return, he's wanting us to realize all that he's done for us. He's wanting us to realize that he's wanting us to have a heart of giving. He's asked us to have a heart of generosity. He wants us to be generous givers. I want to be a giver like God. I will never attain that kind of giving. But we can do our part to do our best, to be a giver. There's an example in the Word of God, John chapter 12. Mary, she was the Mary, Martha, and Lazarus Mary that we're talking about. She took, John 12 and 3 says, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrance not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. 
He had an ulterior motive. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you will have with you always. But me you do not always have. There's two hearts here. I'd like to just contrast for one second. Mary, she had a generous heart. She was a giving heart. She had an extravagance to her giving. And then Judas was a selfish giver. He didn't care about that money. He didn't care about that oil. All he was thinking about was the pocketbook that was going to be filled from the money that flowed through the, the church account. That's what he was thinking about. He was pretending only to care. In fact, he, 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 certain um, of the Gospels would have more description than this here. He, he was looking at this and he called it a waste. That she took this bottle, this very expensive, expensive bottle of oil, and she broke it upon Jesus. Judas says, that's a waste. He looked at her giving. He looked at her worship. And he said, that's a waste. Why would you do that? He wasn't concerned about the poor. The Bible says he was a thief. But then you have Mary. Why was she so generous? Why was she so extravagant in her gift to the Lord? They say that that oil was valued at over a year's wages. Think about it. Think about your annual income. Can you imagine just taking it and giving it? That, that's pretty hard for me to understand. That's extravagance. Poured it out on Jesus. It's like when you do it, when you break that open and it's poured, you're not getting it back. It's gone. What would make Mary this extravagant in her giving? Well, this was the chapter after Jesus had come and raised her brother, Lazarus, from the dead. This was the chapter after she had seen Jesus take this dead situation in her life, the pain and the grief. And now she has a new perspective on life. Because what seemed to be important before, maybe that bottle of oil was important before, but now she realized that the, really the only important things, my priorities have changed, my values have changed, and, and some things are now no longer that important. I'm going I'm to give those things to Jesus. Her heart was overflowing with gratitude and love for the Master. And it showed as extravagance in her worship. No amount of money that you give will ever impress God. God's not really needing your money anyhow. His kingdom is not going to be funded because of you. Now, we have, we have to give it because there's blessings associated with it, but he doesn't need your money. The only thing God really is looking for is a heart that's completely surrendered to him. He's looking for the heart of gratitude. Mary, was what she was doing that day was only a token. It, it might have been worth a year's worth of salary, but it was only a token that represented, here's my heart, here's my life, here's my gratitude. You've done so much for me. You've done so much for my family, God. I'm going to just give you all of this. 
So in conclusion, as we stand today, how do we show our gratitude and love for God? There's two ways. It's the final two points in your notes. We show our gratitude and our love for God through our offerings and through our worship. Everybody say offerings. Everybody say worship. Really, in the Word of God, those two things are tied together. When you look at the Word of God, many times, when, when you're bringing an offering, it's bringing something to worship God with. And as we conclude this series, as we conclude this day, I just want to encourage someone today. As we, as we conclude, I want you to think about your life, your worship. Are you worshiping God like he's worthy of worship? Is your life giving praise to God like he's done anything for you? Sometimes I think we hold back on God. And he deserves everything. He deserves extravagant worship. He deserves our very best in worship. Earlier in the service, I was like, there's something holding us back today. But I thank God that the Spirit of God began to move and God began to touch. I believe there's a people here today. You've got a great love for God. And, and we show God love through our worship. We show God love through our giving of our time, of our talent, and of our treasure. I want us to conclude around this altar as we conclude today. Just come real quick. Everybody come. I'm grateful to a God that has been so abundant in my life. I'm grateful to a God that has loved us, gave his life for us, redeemed us, brought us up out of a terrible pit, put our feet upon a rock, established our going. Do you guys have any gratitude in your heart today for this God? Are you grateful today for the, the God that loves you? He died for you. I want us to take a moment here at the conclusion of the service and I want us to pray a couple of things. I want you to pray that God would help you to have a generous heart, a giving heart, first of all. I want you to pray that God would help you to get out of the bag mentality and to have a, a basket or even a barn mentality. I want you to pray that God would help you to live under an open heaven. And then I want us to give God great praise in this house. Let's begin to pray together, church. God, I pray for an open heaven over us, God. God, I pray that you would help us, God, to have our minds transformed and renewed by your spirit, God. God, help me to believe the word of God and stand on your promises, God, to be a giver, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, oh God. God, give me a heart that's filled with generosity. Got a heart like yours, God. God, you gave in such an extravagant way. God, help us to give. Help us to show you our love, God, through our giving, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, 
You can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, search Life Church, and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.